When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Line of the Street podcast for our annual season preview show. My name is Tom Jenkins. This is episode 172, and I'm joined, as ever, by James Jarvis and Lee Tennant to have an in-depth look at the upcoming 2022-23 League One season. We'll be judging Bolton's new signings, the key talking points from pre-season, and how we think Wanderers will shape up against some serious competition in the league this year. I think it's best that we jump right in to discuss uh, the new faces that have come through the door in the summer. The first of our moves was an early swoop for versatile Cambridge United defender Jack Iredale. This was followed by a welcome return for goalkeeper James Trafford on loan from Manchester City. A similar return for Marlon Fossey never materialised, but he was replaced by the exciting teenager Connor Bradley on loan from Liverpool in a move that has been viewed very, very positively by the uh, wider EFL community. Uh, the most recent acquisition, and one that's a little bit uh, more mysterious, is uh, our last before the curtain raiser, you would assume, uh, Owen Toll from Derry City. The Northern Irish centre-half has joined for an undisclosed fee, probably the most annoying thing about modern football these days. Uh, but he comes highly rated from across the Irish Sea, and it will be very interesting to see if he can help to shore up our back line from set pieces, which is something we'll probably talk about in this podcast and something that we hope won't be as problematic as it has been throughout Ian Ebbett's reign thus far. Um, Lee, I'll start with you. A bit of an introduction to, to what we've seen over the summer there. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot, actually. Uh, which signing do you think is going to have the biggest impact this year, just looking at those four at the moment? Um, I was just debating it before, actually, because we're going to put a piece up on the website uh, as to who our best, sort of best signing from the summer has been. And um, I suppose Trafford is probably the one that we, we needed back. Um, you know, if we'd gone for a keeper who perhaps had a bit more experience, someone maybe who's dropped out from the championship looking for games or, you know, a, a, someone who's up and coming from the league below, you know, it, that, that might have been a decent option as well. But I think having that continuity at, you know, in the back five and, and someone who's, you know, clearly well integrated with the squad and, just, just all the all the things that you you want sort of from your keeper, sort of knowing the knowing the defenders. Only half a season, but he, he clearly, I think he really improved in the last sort of half a dozen games. Um, he had a few few little shaky moments. Um, I think it was he gave the ball away for was it Doncaster's goal when we beat him two one. That was towards the end of the season. I think there was one. I think it was was it MK Don's where he made him. Yeah, he did. Awesome. Also made a bit of a rick, but you know that's probably too rick. I mean, they led to goals. That you know the, these things don't always lead to goals. They're obviously more more highlighted. But apart from those two sort of slight errors um, in that winning run we had, he didn't really have a lot to do. But I thought in the last five or six games of the season, I thought his confidence in coming to claim balls as well was was really impressive. And I think he, 
on paper, he's he's probably the most exciting one. Obviously, Bradley's got the pedigree, hasn't he? Well, obviously, Trafford's got the pedigree coming from probably the best, the most consistent club side in the world. But Bradley's come from probably the second most co- consistent club side in the world in the last five years in Liverpool. So it's quite encouraging, really, that we're forging links with these these sides. I mean, it's wasn't that long ago we were beating City, you know, every game we played them. But you know, hey ho, it's a different world. It's uh, I sound like Indeed. an old man saying that. So, but basically, you know, if we if we can forge these links with and get the best, maybe not the best youngsters, but you know, some of the some of the ones who, who need the development in League One or maybe hopefully the Championship in coming seasons, it, it's all good, isn't it? So Bradley and Trafford, but I probably just edge towards Trafford as the as the main one that we we sort of I wouldn't say it's like an exciting signing because we we already know him. Um, he's a keeper who gets excited by keepers, but <laughs> he's, 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 an, he's an assassin, isn't he? and I think he's probably out of everyone we could have signed this summer. And I don't have an extensive list of who that could be, but realistically, I think he's probably the safest bet in terms of, like I say, knows knows the squad, knows knows the players in front of him, and hopefully he'll he'll you know carry on seamlessly as, as he was doing at the end of last season. No, I completely agree with you. I think um, towards the end of last season, he really started to to come into his own. I think James and I um, and you as well, Lee, we had that conversation about you know whether or not we would you know be keen to see him again um, this season. And I think he played his way into being absolutely essential. Um, so he was starting to make saves when we put a bit more under pressure. Um, I think sort of the the calmness that he showed when coming for crosses was something that I, that I liked. I always like in a goalkeeper, especially when you're trying to to hold out for for, for narrow wins, as you know, a lot of the time Bolton tend to be doing. Um, but yeah, I, I think it is odd to be excited about a goalkeeper, but I think it was definitely something that we needed just to put to the back of our mind so that we're that we're not worried about. Um, obviously, he's very young, and, and so is Bradley coming in with, you know, good pedigrees, as you say, coming in from Liverpool. And obviously there was that aspect of them, you know, checking out the training ground and checking out the style of play that we wanted to implement and saying that it was it was good for for, for their young lad to be involved in. I mean, don't get me wrong, I think it's a bit patronising coming from them, but unfortunately we are what we are, times have changed. Um, but but James, he, he's looked um, exciting, I think is the right word. Um, there's still an, obviously a rawness there, given he's only just turned 19. But I think aside from, from Trafford, you know, I think Toll and Ardell are more sort of the functional signings, for a better phrase. But Bradley is the one that you know everyone's really intrigued about. Well, just from watching the uh, pre-season performances, uh, Bradley is probably going to be absolutely essential to our side. Um what, what he's lacking in physicality, he more than makes up for in bursting runs, taking on players. Um, his delivery could use a bit of work as well, but again, that's just that's just going to come with more experience. The lad, he, 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 if he plays to the capability that he's shown in some of these preseason games, he, he he's he's got he's going to be another fussy, but hopefully one that stays fit for the whole season if we're lucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's definitely exciting. Um, what you were saying about Trafford, I can't really add too much more uh, other than I hope he continues the uh, shithousery antics as we saw <laughs> like, uh, the likes of against Charlton. That one especially lives rent-free in my head. And yeah, yeah, Iredale's just more competition for the defence, never a bad thing. More cover is never a bad thing, especially with um, John, John who, who I honestly think is is just as essential on that other side as Bradley will be for us, but you know we we never really had co- proper cover for him last season, despite Gordon's best best efforts. So hopefully, Iredale can be that link. If not, oh well. But he's worth but he's worth a punt. 
uh, coming free from Cambridge, where whenever I saw him play, he did fairly well. And then Tall, I, I can honestly say I don't know anything about him. Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm with 90% of people in that. So mm-hmm. hopefully he'll excite, hopefully he'll excite me. And like you say, sort of that set-piece thing, which even to this day continues to be a problem. Not so much... Um, getting them ourselves but more clearing them hopefully he can be that presence in the middle of them when we can see the set piece and actually get rid of it more often than we are currently doing yeah no i agree with you i'll come to you lee on on toll because i imagine you can add a little bit more insight having uh you know, but, but there always seems to be a bit more niche knowledge that comes from comes from you with this kind of thing. I hope I'm not setting you up for for a bit of a failure there. But um, with, with Ardell James, just to stick with you for a second. Obviously, he's been brought in to be competition for John to a certain extent, but also for for George Johnston. Where, where do you see him playing the majority of his football? Uh, I'd say probably coming on for John as a substitute. Considering that we're allowed to use five subs now, I can see him trying to give John a bit more rest at times to keep him to keep him fit, to keep him up to scratch, especially because um, Johnston seems to have bulked up now, which will probably help his game immensely, considering he did get bullied at some points uh, during the season. Um, so, yeah, I, yeah, he's probably just going to float in between the two and just cover th- for one of them when one of them needs a rest or, thing, or one of them's out injured. Yeah, he's he's just a he's just a good useful player to have, and and yeah, can't really complain. But I also just don't see him starting regularly. He might just be an impact sub or a uh, shut up shop kind of sub. Yeah, and I think it'll be interesting uh, seeing him go from you know one of the first names on the team sheets at Cambridge. They they were all very very positive in their reviews of him. You know, both as a left sided centre half and also as a, as a left back. Um, It'll be interesting to see how he gets used and you know it's good to have those options but also it's a challenge from the manager's side to make sure that those players are kept happy and um, Lee with, with Toll we've obviously touched on the fact that he, he's a big lad you know he's played a lot of games um, led a team um, despite his young age at 23 uh, you know, coming from the League of Ireland is always a bit of a risk although it seems to be you know um, a la mod at the moment in terms of teams going in, over to that league and trying to recruit um, but I think what, what's also interesting to think about from a positional point of view is to where he fits into that side because you've got to imagine that when Rico's fit, he plays and Rico plays in the, the centre of a back three. So what, what, what do you make of the signing overall? Yeah, I think if we're um, if we're going to stick with the back three, which I think Ever really wants to, um, you know, whether he whether he chops and changes to see the opposition and goes to the back four, it's... Um, We'll just have to wait and see. But I think with getting at right centre-back, you probably have the progressive runs and the energy um, that he offers, but you don't possibly have that aerial prowess. Although he's, he's not bad in the air, but he's, he's not a centre-half good in the air sort of um, your level, really, is he? So I think, like you say, it's hard to know. I mean, I'm sure Rico might have, I'll have a couple of blitz where he gets sent off like he did last season where he'll have to probably cover in the, in the middle. But at the end of the day, I think Toll... I mean, I, I don't think... From from what I've said in um, the Bolton News when we signed him, he suggested that he can settle in very, at a very sort of leisurely pace. Um there's rumours of him carrying an ankle knock as well, which I read probably on our message board we have together, but I'm not seeing that substantiated anywhere that he's actually injured. But 
who knows? He'll probably just play the B team game to begin with, I would have thought, but with, with a view to having him maybe on the bench ahead of Ameson eventually. But I would suggest we probably were, if he is fit and, and you know, completely fit to play for, for, for the first game of the season at Ipswich, I don't see him on the bench. I think Ameson will start as that backup centre half. I think I certainly think he'll go with Jones, Santos, and Johnston because that's what he's done, you know, for the last few games of pre season. Um, it wouldn't shock me. If, just as an aside, if he put Idale in against Wes Burns on Saturday mm-hmm. uh, ahead of De- Declan John, but I suppose it would shock me in a way that he's not play- really played in there all pre-season and Dec John's played every game, so it would shock me, but equally, I don't think it would be the deftest move to, to try that, but equally, we don't really fully know Idale's defensive you know, uh, abilities really to sort of cope with a player like Wes Burns, but anyway, that's just going off on one, but um, in, in the case of Toll, it's just it's impossible to know, really, isn't it? Because we we've not really seen him play. Um, I'll be honest; the only the only clips I've looked at him are the ones that the club posted on that god awful um, "Always <laughs> Believe in Your Soul" you know uh, video uh, when we signed him. So uh, that's all I've seen of him. He just he looks quite robust. He looks like he likes to ping a diagonal, which I'm sure Everett likes. He likes a, he likes play our players uh, at the back to ping diagonals um, to the wings. So. Yeah, I, I think he'll probably, whether he has got that bit of a progressive pass in, you know, being able to come out of the back with the ball confidently and, and looking assured, he may well eventually usurp Jones as the right uh, centre-half. Um, I don't see him playing left centre-half because I think I think he's right-footed. I've not heard anything that, against that he isn't right-footed and I, I don't really remember what foot he was from those little clips that the club posted. But I think Jones might end up sort of flip-flapping with, with Bradley for the right wing-back, even though Everett seems pretty keen on Sadlier as a, as a more attacking option on, on right wing-back, um, perhaps when we're chasing a game or looking to get back into a game. Um, so, yeah, I think I think eventually I might... You could probably see Toll possibly replacing Gethin as that right centre-half. Like you say, I think Santos, I can't really see him moving to accommodate Toll, moving into the middle. I can't really see that. Um, so yeah, if we're going to stick with the back five, it could be. I think he's most likely to replace Gethin in the long term. Um, I'm not saying that, that I want that to happen, but I think that's probably the most likeliest. No, I think I agree with you. Whether it's unfortunate or not, I mean, he's had a couple of shaky performances in in pre-season, but you know, Rico is our captain. Rico, Rico is is, is undroppable, and Rico's fit, and we know how effective he can be. Um, I, but I, I, you look at a, a man of, of six foot three who you assume has been brought in, obviously with the capability of playing. Um, in Everett style, but you know he's been brought in to try and shore us up from from crosses and you know be not a head at kick it centre half, but someone who who takes on that responsibility. Um, and, and you'd assume that that person would be most effective in the middle. But yeah, I think I think it just sort of adds to the intrigue of the signing, which is you know he's interesting enough anyway. But coming from the League of Ireland, a league that none of us follow really. Um, and as I said, you know it seems to be in fashion that people recruit players from uh, from the, from there. You know, let's just hope that he's a little bit. More effective than uh, Zach Elwizedi was was for us, but uh, but I digress. Um, I think that's a, a reasonably comprehensive look at the signings. Obviously, because we got a lot of our business done relatively early, and you know, there's been uh, talk going on about about these people sort of 
ongoing since uh, since the start of the summer. You know, everyone sort of knows what our opinions are and things like that. I think what what is also something that's worth talking about before we move on to discussing the preseason, the preparations that we've had before um, we kick off League One, is that the people that have stayed. I think Rico's one of them. That it was great to get him tied up on on his uh, on this new contract. But also Dapo's still here, still here, James. And um, I watched the Huddersfield game, and one of the only preseason games I've been I've been able to to get my eyes on. And uh, you know, while there's a lot of talk about where he's going to play, whether it be up front or in that ten role, or if we switch positions, putting him out on the wing, I think we're all very, very grateful that he's still a Bolton Wanderers player. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know me. I was never one of those that was even remotely concerned about him leaving. The Rangers links were. I just thought. Yeah, it's not it's not happening. It would seem a really weird transfer out of the norm from them. And uh yeah, yeah. Uh well we've got Dapo. Uh, I saw him at his ten, which I thought he was great at against Huddersfield. Um moving into the uh hall. He did he did he did okay. Um I think he is starting to become more familiar with with that position, although I still don't believe it's his best position. But when you've got a player like Dapo who can score out of nowhere, I suppose you almost have to accommodate him somehow. Um, and then, yeah, uh, Rico, again, another one. He, he had that little moment where he <laughs> trolled the Twitter base with that with that tweet about movers. <laughs> uh, that, uh, that, was, uh, that was fun before Kachunga pretty much... Uh, undid undid the whole mystery, and it was just a matter of when and getting him on a three year deal. Yeah, he's had some shaky preseason performances, but I'd rather he get those kind of performances out out the way early and come on to be the recall that we know for at least forty of the forty six games that he'll be that he'll be playing that he'll be starting for us this season. So long as he doesn't get suspended or injured. Yeah. No, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. He, 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 he's very, he's, he's, you know, going to be that kind of person who, with his language style, is probably going to get caught out once in a while. And I think what your, your mind wanders a little bit in preseason, doesn't it, compared to sort of the, the rigour of playing in a league game? Yeah, at this point, even if he fails to win a ball first time, I have full faith in him to just either bully the defender off to the side or just somehow get himself into a position to outstrengthen his opponent and win the ball back, clear it problem 99 times out of 100. He just seemed to do that so much last season and I don't see him stopping again anytime soon. Yeah, let's hope. Let's hope he can... Because uh, at times last season, he, he was genuinely mag- magnificent um, as he was in, in League 2 and... You know, I think we were concerned potentially with with the contract running out that either he was going to ask for too much money and and us having to you know flog him to make sure that we weren't the, losing a really bad asset. There's nothing. a lot to be said for a settled player, and he just looks so settled here. He knows he's beloved, and yeah. uh, he knows how much Everett loves him, and he really does have the potential to uh, to make it work in the championship as as well. If if he if we uh, get promoted this season. Yeah, I no. still, I, I still can't believe I gave him a zero after Newport. So, <laughs> I gave him a zero. I said he besmirched the good name of Ricardo at Bolton Wanderers. <laughs> I, well, I think, he, I I think even, if you remember Lee, I think Liam would have had him out the door after that Forest Green game, let alone the Newport game. Yeah, I said he was worse than Baz Tay. <laughs> uh, to be fair, he did look dreadful when he first started out. But then again, he was playing. I mean, you look at the side that we put out for that. Yeah, everyone that looked dreadful. Oh, so everyone did. 
the question that you asked, wasn't it, Lee, in, in, in the group the other day, is the who was our longest serving players now? And you look back at that, that team yeah. that started under Everts reign, I mean, it's it, it completely unrecognisable to the side we're probably going to go into play Ipswich with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just, just, just Gath and Rico left, isn't there? So, yeah, crazy. Yeah. But uh, anyway, sorry, carry, carry on with your, uh, carry on with your schedule, Tom. <laughs> you, you know me, nothing, nothing. If, if not organised, I was actually going to ask you, Lee, you know, just to touch on the, the Dapo situation. I think he was probably the only one once Rico had been um, signed and sealed that we were concerned about potentially losing, which is, which is odd considering how positive we are about the season that there weren't, you know, a lot of other clubs sort of clamouring for our players. But I think it sort of harks back to the point that we just made about how this side's only been recently put together and, and yet, you know, we we're very excited about it, but also they're they're sort of settling in at Bolton rather than automatically looking for a move. I think Dapper was the, the only one that I think could have potentially, you know, jumped jump shit that we'd have been really concerned about. Yeah, totally. Um I think I think with Dapo the the switch in formation just sort of um, it just stopped him in his tracks a little bit in terms of building up that momentum to really stand out as like you know the best player in the league or one of the best sort of four or five. Um, I think probably before our form sailed off in like November and December, he was you know getting absolutely rave reviews. And if he continued in that vein, I don't think there's any doubt he, he wouldn't be our player anymore. I don't think, but just that doubt in probably recruitment analysts and you know uh, director of footballs and all the, all the modern terms these days I think just that bit of doubt that he could extrapolate that form over a whole season um, or adapt to different formations and sort of play slightly different roles I think that's what probably just you know played into our fa- in, into our hands really in, in, in terms of keeping him so I think you know he's really glad he stayed and I'm really glad that Everett's Looked, uh, even though I love, I I, I think Bod Varson was fantastic at the end of last season. I, so I'm really excited about him and Bakioko. I think he he was he was superb in terms of just getting in the right positions and clever little finishes like the one at Crew and yeah, just just both of them. I'm, I'm I'm big on. I'm really looking forward to seeing them play. But I think I'm really happy that Everett sort of remembered almost that Dapo and. Dion against Sunderland that day were just absolutely electric. We came in fun. behind, in behind pressing. It's not going to work against everyone. Don't get me wrong, but if it's going to work against anyone, it'll be Ipswich on Saturday because they'll do exactly what Sunderland did. And if we go two 0 up there again, I'm not suggesting we will do. But you never know. We beat him, we beat him seven two in aggregate last season. You never know. <laughs> oh, Dapo um, loves playing against Ipswich. Dapo loves playing against Ipswich. <laughs> three three goals in two games. So you know. If there's any any game where we can get on the front foot and get an early goal against them, they'll just completely open up and, and be absolutely going for it. So I think it's Dapo and Charles up front will work brilliantly against some teams, basically teams who want to just attack us all games. That probably the you know there's probably nine or ten teams who'll do that who think they're better than us. Still, I don't. We're not that bigger. We're not considered. I don't think in the eyes of other managers still. Big big fish in the pond. Ipswich, Sheffield Wednesday, probably MK Don. They're all considered like the, the you know the main title challenges, um, and Posh as well. Obviously coming down with the, with the you know the talent talents they've got up, up top as well. I think we, if we can just go under the radar, we can we can go to these sides. And if we play play bold, and we play smart, we can we can we can pick them off. I think if if Everett plays the right team, I think having Dapo back at. Back as an option up top with Charles, 
because I'd I'd sort of I'd, I'd almost forgotten myself that he was an option to go up there in a way. Um, I did a depth chart of, of the squad, and I didn't put Afolayim in. You know the, the striker position. I put him in the second midfield, and if we change formation to left wing, and I just think it, hopefully his versatility of being able to play in those, those few different roles, number 10, left wing if we switch to a 4-3-3 at times, and then also up front alongside, probably alongside Charles, I think it probably works best, but Dapo and Bab Varsen could, could also be great. Um, I just think him staying is, is huge, but I, there hasn't really been any doubt, really. Just that odd, odd little link to Rangers, which surfaced a couple of times, which not really from any reputable sources. So I don't think us or the rest of the fan base has been particularly concerned he's got, he was going to go. But um, I'm just quite happy that he didn't shine that much in the second half of the last season because I think if he's on it, he, he could get us promoted. Not single-handedly, I'm not, I'm not that daft, but I think he could be huge um, for us. It's just whether he's not got the motivation, it's whether he's got... Like the the aptitude to, to sort of pull it off, if you know what I mean. Just got that, just adding that little bit of. Um, it's hard because he gets double marked a lot, especially by the teams, you know, who are coming to containers. Uh, and we have all get now that, that can explain yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Which is the, which is the difference what we had in the first half of the season. Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Anyway, I'll I'll end that uh, diatribe because I'm I tend to go on, but that's <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just exciting, isn't it? That he's still with us and a player who's got that that amount of ability on the ball being able to dribble past players is just it's it's, it's invaluable in it at this at this level. Exactly. And and not many not many teams can say that they've got a player with that quality and that, that sort of maverick edge of just as James said earlier, being able to conjure a goal out of nothing, but also have the consistency of um, you know, being in the right place at the right time, linking up with his teammates and uh, you know, it's very, very difficult to get the ball off him, you know, whether whether he's you know, actually contributing goals and assists, the, the opposition are always scared of him, and and that is that that is something very very uh, valuable, especially as we just said for for the other players in the team who can also do some damage. Um, so yes, I think the general consensus, unsurprisingly, so is that we're very grateful that um, he's still here. I just wanted to move on quickly to to talk about um, pre-season, which is. You know, I wouldn't say it's been a mixed bag. I, just, I think it's been a pre-season. You know, people sort of, you know, there's teething problems. There's been, um, you know, sort of chopping and changing of the teams, which which is always what happens. Um, but just to quickly run through the results, which I'm sure most Bolton fans are aware, but, you know, it makes for good continuity. Um, beat Longridge Town 9-0, when, when I think everybody thought that we were going to win every single game this season. James certainly tweeted about that a few times. Um, we beat, beat Chorley 3-1, drew to um, Fatboy Sasevich's Stockport County 2-2. Uh, lost um, in a behind-closed-doors friendly uh, to Wigan, 1-0, beat Watford 2-0 when James also tweeted that we were going to win every single game this year. Um, and then lost 3-1 to Carlisle, which you know kind of put things on a bit of a downer. And then sort of the, the marquee friendly um, against Huddersfield Town uh, at home, obviously was a, was this, uh, a one-all draw with a fantastic late equaliser by, uh, by Kieran Sadley, an absolutely beautiful goal. Um, James, general consensus of the pre-season? Uh, 138 pints. Um, yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I knew you were going to say it. I knew you were going to say it. Nobody <laughs> knew you were going to say it. You're, you're not. You know, no one thinks you're big and clever. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm predictable, but um, but this league isn't predictable. And um, overall, the preseason gives me a sense of it. It mainly makes me excited that we are actually going to be able to accomplish 
what we're gonna what what we want to aim for. Um, I'm still wary of uh, others challenging for automatic um, after seeing some after seeing some of those performances. Um, but on but overall, I would say it's been a very positive preseason. Some nice big results to you know. Uh, to lift our mood, lift our spirits. Um, who kn who knows what happened in the behind closed doors games? But to beat a terrible Watford side is always good. Um, only on only losing by one to to Wigan, um, drawing drawing with Stockport side who gave us many headaches in the cup matches. Mm. Last season, and um, the, the only outright bad performance from what I say from what I saw was Carlisle. So, but you know that those those happen every now and again. It's preseason. You just get just get those out of the way, and we and we came back to form for the most part against Huddersfield. So yeah, it's it's been a pre it's been a preseason where I can say yeah, no really significant problems that had me too worried, and um, the the idea that I have at the start of the season that as long as we stay fit and avoid the injury problems that we had from October to early January, then I see I see no reason why we can't at very least grab a playoff place. Yeah, no, it's good to see good to see some positivity. I think yeah, it, you know, it's better than the old pre seasons where we were putting a um, a cobbled together squad out there who'd never played with each other before, and you know, losing games um, to teams that you know really we should we should just should be swatting aside. Um, Lee, obviously, we've known about Rico's struggles a little bit over the preseason. I think we can attribute that to Rico just being Rico. Um, obviously, you've been to I think a couple of games, and you know, read obviously match reports and seen like that, and seen what people have been saying. Anybody that you know stood out particularly for you over the course of the preseason? Yeah, I think Carl Dempsey's impressed quite a lot. I think he's he's impressed Mark Isles as well with his sort of um, come back very lean, his tenacity, very tenacious in in that bar as well. It sounded like from certain reports, but uh, <laughs> in their Mary, Mary report. But uh, yeah, let's hope his <laughs> the, the side of the story the club put out is the is the side of the story that. Uh, that the police agree with, and there's no sort of repercussions because he he's come back with like with a bit between his teeth. And I went to Longridge, which is obviously you know it, it is what it is. We, having said that, we were one 0 down against them after seven, about 65, 70 minutes last season at the start of last season. So to be to be sort of nine nil beating them nine nil does show quite an improvement, and it could have been a lot more if it wasn't for James Aspinall. He used to he was one of our uh, youth keepers. He was uh, he pulled off some great saves in the first half, particularly. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I think Dempsey's impressed me from what I've seen. Um, saw him in the second half against Huddersfield. I think he came on. He didn't start, did he? Against Huddersfield, he came on. Um, yeah, so Dempsey's the one um, that I've I've been quite impressed with myself personally. But equally, um, I did look good against Longridge, but again, it's hard to judge against a side and from the ninth tier. Um, yeah, basically, Charles. I mean, all the strikers have chipped in with goals. Charles has looked bright, but his, his only goals have come against Longridge and, um, and Chorley, which obviously is not, not a great barometer for League League One. But obviously, he finished last season 
with a bang with the two against Fleetwood. Obviously, one of them was extremely fortunate, as we know. They, they, they no, it wasn't. It meant it. No, it was meant not. It. It meant it. Fair enough. It was fair the best enough. flight tackle that's ever happened, apart from Kevin Davis's in the Man City game. <laughs> or the one on Evera. Or the one on Evera. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, like, basically, yes, obviously, Charles, at one point, Charles, after he scored against Chorley, I think I, I think I might, might have replied to the goal saying he'd scored he would have scored something like six goals in 121 minutes. So that, was, that would mean he would get 263 in the league one season or something carrying on at that rate. <laughs> but I don't, I don't, I don't think he's going to quite, quite get to those levels. But yeah, what I, I really like, Charles, I did watch the, a little bit of the first half in amongst putting chopping away <sighs> um, on um, against Huddersfield, and. I think Charles has just added. He's just added maybe a little bit more to his game. It feels like, and maybe under Everett's coaching, and not that I sit saw a lot of him before that at Accrington, but I just felt like he he can go past players with quick feet a little bit more. And he had one little run that was halted against Huddersfield, probably on about twenty five minute mark. And I thought, is that was that Charles? He's like he's obviously he's brilliant at, at hassling and his tenacity and everything, but I think he's going to. I'd like to think he can get get us twenty goals. If he, if he can get nineteen for Accrington in this league two seasons ago, you'd really like to think over a full season um, that he could he could hit twenty fours. And if he does that, then we've got a great chance of of going up, haven't we? But yeah, like like James said about looking at preseason as a whole, I I do think the automatics is a stretch, but I, I changed my mind. I do I do think we've got a chance for it. It, it just there's loads of different factors, um, but I think we've covered ourselves as best we can with the squad we've we've got together now. Um, different options, and you know the B team lads we've signed. Some of these guys have got got some decent pedigree. I'm sure we're probably going to maybe touch on that later. Maybe just just mention these guys. We did we mention them in the last pod? I can't even remember if we went through them all. I, I really can't remember. No, but, I, th- uh, I, th- I think honestly, our, our last podcast was sort of focused on the fact that the B team had been announced rather than the people that that had joined. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, some of these guys have got some first-team minutes behind them and got reasonably decent pedigree coming from Premier League academies, and we've got at least got that little bit of a backup if we, you know, if we hit the sort of injury crisis and you know, God forbid, another COVID, you know, run comes along in winter. At least we have a modicum of you know experience in reserve we can turn to as well but i think uh, going back to your question again i've gone off uh, another tangent but uh, yeah so going back to your question on pre-season i'd probably say dempsey in midfield i'd say in defense i think deck john deck john's looked pretty 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 decent um a left wing back again uh although i have i have some misgivings about his defensive abilities obviously and then probably up top Probably Charles. Um, I'd say them three have probably impressed the most out of out of everyone. No, no, I, I wouldn't disagree with that at all. I think um, I think Dion's probably yeah. You know, just just because I think we've always needed someone who's been you know basically for want of a better phrase a little bastard up front who just chases around and kicks people and forces errors and you know never gives anybody um, a moment's peace. That sort of mosquito kind of striker. I think we've always needed one of those. Um, and and it's great that he's got that um, element of danger about him in front of goal too. I think 
he's going to be a bit streaky. I think we I think we noticed that towards the end of last season, but I, I, you got the impression that had that um, easy chance that he missed against Gillingham gone in, he would not would not have gone on the the barren run um, that he then proceeded to do. You know, missing chances that he would never have missed um, sort of earlier in his bottom Wanderers career. But I think he is my my pick for the person who's going to get us the most goals. I think Bodvarsson is going to surprise people um, as well in terms of goal output based on how well he was finishing uh, chances and also how well he finished the season overall um, last year. But uh, no, I think I think overall it's been a, a positive a positive preseason. Um, you know, preseason preseason. You can't really read too much into into results. I think it sort of leads us into you know looking at, at the big picture and you know how we've fared compared to, to other sides. I don't really pay an awful lot of attention to how teams get on in, in pre-season, but you look at the teams that we're coming up against this year, if we are realistically going to try and gun for promotion, James, and you know we've mentioned a couple of them already in you know MK Doms, um, Peter Brips, which Sheffield Wednesday, um, Barnsley will probably be up there, Derby with their geriatric squad of quality players could, could also prove some surprises. Where do you think we stack up against those teams? Uh, I think we stack up better than Derby. They're going to have a real bedding in period. Uh, they might, I think I've said before, they might come back after another January window. They might do what we do and just have a really good January window and then just go on an insane run from there. But I think they're just going to start really poorly. Um, I don't know enough about Peterborough, but if if they're anything like what well, they have been the last couple of times they got relegated, it usually takes them another season or two to get back to get back properly into promotion contention. So, I'd, so we'll we'll see on that one. Um, I think Sheffield Wednesday are a bigger prospect than they were last season. Gotten rid of some dead wood and made a couple of decent signings. Um, MK Dons. Twine is definitely going to be a huge miss, as well as Darling. But there's, there's potential with Tucker, uh, who they signed, to, to be a great replacement for Darling. I know, we, I know we talked about wanting him at some point, but obviously that never materialised. Uh, I don't know if, they'll, if they've got anyone in that could possibly replace what Twine gave them last season, but maybe they have a stronger depth overall to... Cover for that, who knows? So MK Dons could definitely be up there. Uh, Wickham won't be the same as last season. I think they've lost too many players that they need, despite the stability that they've got under Ainsworth. Plymouth, again, I don't think they'll have the same kind of season that they had last season, and we're desperately unlucky. Um, Bar- Barnsley's, a, Barnsley's a weird one. Because uh, we know we know how tricky Michael Duff can be, even though I think we've actually what, have we won every game that we've played against him. I, I, th- I don't think no, that can't be right. No, uh, yeah, I was about to say we drew, we, we drew one all. I think Owen Doyle scored all eight equaliser at home to them at home to Cheltenham last uh, Feb. January. Yeah, and, the, and then we had the two two when Amici scored and Kachunga scored as well. Yeah, that's I, right. Yeah, yeah I remember. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Either way, we still not defeat. we still not lost to undefeated. A Ma- yeah, we still yeah. not lost to a Michael Duff side, but <laughs> but we, we all know how we deal against more physical teams. And yeah, if if Barnsley stayed with the kind of momentum that they had towards the, the end of re- their relegation fight, when they probably left it a bit too late, but they went down swinging, then they could be a big prospect. And then there's and then there's just some other clubs who have done decent business. While some people, a lot of people t- are tipping it switch for promotion, but I'm still not 
seeing it. It's the same thing as they go through every season where, uh, oh, look at these amazing new signings that she's got. Their squad is really strong on paper, and then in reality, they finish ninth. I think I, I just don't. I just think it's going to be another season of that for them. And but there's a few others who maybe have gone under the radar, the likes of Oxford. Even though they've signed Janet Wiltshire and they're trying the best to hinder the chances, I still think they have a serious chance. I, I know. I think the league's a bit more open in terms of uh, who can get promoted this season. I don't think it's going to be the insanity that we had last season, where every single playoff place was filled by teams with. Like 83 points or above, and every relegation place was filled by a team with 40 points or less. I think it's going to be a lot tighter this season. But if anything, if we can maintain the kind of form that we had towards the, the end of uh, the, the latter half of last season, and with maintaining most of the core squad, adding in positions where we needed the depth. So, and like I say, as long as we can stay fair, I think we're really in with a decent shout I'm I'm honestly think the quality overall has gone down this season but that will make for it but that will make for a tighter league and give us a better chance to get promoted this season no I, th- I, th- I think that's a very uh, a very good overview I think um yeah I, I think the only one I would uh, probably uh, slightly disagree with is Ipswich. I think they do concern me a little bit. Um, I, do, I do understand where you're coming from in terms of a big overhaul of players and bringing them in, um, you know, and then having to gel together and then wondering what's going to happen. Um, I don't think it's necessarily the way to get out of this league, um, realistically. And, and also, I think, you know, Lee, Lee we listen to the, to the same podcast in terms of um, not the top 20 and D3, D4, uh, and they are very, very sweet on on MK Don. So I'm, I might let you sort of uh, educate us on you know the business that they've done and you know what, what kind of uh, advantages they could bring. But uh, yeah, I think similar questions I asked James. It'd be good to get your view on on how we stack up against these big boys because it's almost a mini league of about nine, ten teams or so that are no way going to be anywhere close to relegation and could all end up in the playoffs or the top two quite easily. Yeah, I'm just um, just scrabbling around on my phone now just to get their uh, incomings in just to remind myself. Yeah, MK Dons. Yeah, they always recruit really well. Um, touching on touching on them particularly, Bradley Johnson and Will Grigg, kind of like a last hurrah for both of them, really. So <laughs> that, that that could go, that they could go maybe you know solidly or you know they're, they're squad badly. They are squad fans. I think I think Grigg might start more than you think, perhaps with Icer up front. But um, anyway, yeah, I mean Louis Barry could be could be very. He could be very interesting, you know. Big, big hopes for him, really. Um, Aston Villa, and he he did pretty well at Swindon last season. That loan spell, um, you know, they've lost David Kasumi, who's who's quite quite a decent engine in midfield to Huddersfield, and Jamie come in. They've brought in on loan from Chelsea again in net. He was uh, he was excellent second half last season after he left Gillingham. Um, so yeah, I mean, we've got. Let's say they got they brought Tucker in, who we were linked with uh, Connor Grant, who I think is a wing back or a centre mid from Rochdale. So just looking through those, you know, there's, there's some pretty decent names there, but they're not all. They brought a couple of guys in from the from the League of Ireland, like we you know, we we brought in Sol, we brought in Devo, uh, Dawson Devoy, who's a uh, creative midfielder. Uh, I think scored in his debut actually the other day in a friendly, and uh, Dara Burns, who I think I think's a wing back from St Pat's, who would have played with Doyle. So um, yeah, I mean, looking at MK Dons, I won't go through every team in that sort of. Uh, but you did say give us a bit more information, MK Dons. So 
Dundas that time. So yeah, they I think think they're they're always going to be there or thereabouts. Um, whether or not Liam Manning stays there the whole season or whether he gets poached by perhaps the Championship side, um, he's quite well thought of, isn't he? But um, yeah, I think I look at I look at some of the sides who are tipped to finish above us. I'm not hundred percent certain they they'll finish above us either. Um, looking at Ipswich, Ladapo. When he's on it, he's he's a very dangerous striker, but he's you know he's he's hit and miss, isn't he? His attitude, his, he has attitude issues. I think he's pretty well known, and you know I don't think Ipswich is sat, the players they've brought in, and they haven't really had an overhaul. The overhaul happened under under Cook, and then a little bit in January as well. The, the team's fairly settled; they've not really brought in too many who are going to start. Um, so I, I don't think they're, they're in the same boat as Derby, as in bedding in a whole new team. Uh, if I had to, you know, put a gun to my head, said who 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 do we who finishes higher us or Ipswich? I'd probably just about edge with Ipswich, just because they had that controlling games sort of towards the end of the season. But obviously we've, you know, we we did well to beat them two 0 at home. I don't, I don't think we dominated the game as much as obviously we did at Portman Road when they were under Paul Cook. But I think um, I don't think they're an absolutely sure thing to win the league. And I don't also think Sheffield Wednesday's recruitment has been that that impressive personally. Ben Hennigan from Wimbledon, a strange one, picking up someone who's been part of a team who haven't won a game all all year. Um, the the, the ones that they love are, um, was it a Hickway and Smith? Because really, yeah, yeah, if you're course. poaching probably the two best players from a team that got promoted, then that's obviously impressive. But the one that I like is Tariq Bakinson, really. I'd have loved yeah, it. Yeah, I think, again, he's... He's been linked with attitude problems at Bristol City, and they they couldn't wait to get rid of him. But you know, Nigel Pearson's an abrasive character himself, and it's you don't know who's you know who's the who's in the right there with whatever's happened. But yeah, like you say, with with um, with Wednesday's recruitment, it's it's decent. Don't get me wrong. There's, there's names, there's players there who you know, if we'd signed a Hickory, I'd have been absolutely you know you know. Flabbergasted, really, because he wouldn't—he wouldn't have come to us. I don't think. But he's—he's <laughs> he's not like second coming of Messiah. You know, the Messiah. No, he's just no. a, a, a fairly decent set piece threat yeah, League One well, player. Well, I don't is, think. Well, I don't... The thing is, Sheffield Wednesday already did their business. Uh, obviously, this could change while the window's still open. But keeping Bannon, if is yeah. the biggest factor in all of that, adding that quality uh, with with Bannon's ability to set up play, then Wednesday could be laughing. I think they've, they've they've bought players to enable Bannon to have sort of a, a bit of a free run at things, really, because I think Will Volks is um, a proper hard runner in midfield and got a really good engine. I think from from what I've heard, I they've got water carriers. Work. They've got water carriers. Yeah. That's essentially yeah, what they've done Deli, in that midfield. Deli Bashiru, Volks, and um, I forget the name of the other centre mid they've got in there. But basically, the yeah, I think I think they've, they've set up the whole. I think it all revolves around Bannon, and he's been very, very um, robust. He's barely missed any games to injury, pretty much most of his career. I think he might have had the odd one before he joined us on loan, but he's he's a pretty robust player. But if he gets injured, I think there's certain teams who who are relying on quite a few star men, um, and whereas I think we could cope with obviously you're never going to cope if your absolute best players are out for a long time so you get two or three all at once there's no team who can really cope with that brilliantly at, at this sort of level you know Premier League teams yeah but 
League One. You know, if you lose your best your best player, you, you know, you're going to struggle a little bit. But I do think if there's something happens to Bannon, that Wednesday team is is not really set up. To, there's not enough creativity apart from him. He's the he's the orchestrator there, isn't he? Absolutely, a hundred percent the orchestrator. And if he goes out of form, or he's getting, you know, he's getting on. He's in his thirties now. Um, he's never, you know, he's never been quick, quick. But he's agile and nimble, isn't he? But I think, yeah, Wednesday again. Wednesday, I, I expect Wednesday and Ipswich to be the top two, just because you look at the squads and you think they're going to finish above us. But I certainly think that we can be the best of the rest. I've I, I've said we'll finish fifth. I think we're going to come to that at the end. I probably spoiled the end segment. <laughs> where 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 will we finish? But I've gone with fifth. I've gone with fifth, fifth. You can edit it out, James. It doesn't matter, does it? Who cares what I think? I don't mean. Having said that, I've said third and eleventh last two seasons, and we finished third and ninth, and we spent the most time in eleventh. So maybe I do know more than I, I'm waiting on. But um, yeah, I think I think I think we'll get in the playoffs. But anyway, looking at the teams around us, there's. There's a lot of good good sides. Um, we've not spoke really about Pompey. They've brought in Piggott and um, uh, who's the other side could have brought in this Kelly Bishop. Bishop. Yeah, so that's that's two big names. I think they're fairly similar players, which is a strange one. Like sort of quite bustling. Well, they need hard Bishop work. because Piggott's a bum. <laughs> yeah, well, he's got a lot of goals for AFC Wimbledon in this league a couple of years ago. He got 18, so you know he's able to do something, but. I can't say I've watched a lot of him play. I mean, a lot of these players, I get the knowledge from from other people who, who watch them. Um, you know, I don't really get the knowledge from, from being able to watch them regularly myself. I mean, I don't have time to sit down and watch us basically much these days. Never mind start watching Joe Piggott play and and you know all these other players play. But at the end of the day, I think, like you say, there's a, there's two leagues within the league, and there's probably ten teams, maybe even twelve teams who who kind of the fan bases expect to be in the top six and, and 12 doesn't go into six, does it? And let's just hope we're in the six and you never know, we might just push to be in the two, in the top two. You just, you just don't know. I'm optimistic. I'd like to think we're about 70-30 to be in the top six um, and maybe more like 25-75 to not be in that top two. But there's so many factors. There's so many things that can change. January transfer window is just a whole new ball game. It's almost like starting the season again, as we've seen in the last two seasons with us. The, the, it's been chalking, absolute chalk and cheese, hasn't it? What what our team's been like after January has just been it's just completely transformed. So if we can do that again, I mean, it's going to be hard to replicate that sort of impact again from Everett and uh, Chris Markham. But you know, you just you just don't know. It's just. Uh, None of us know, obviously, what we like talking about it, don't we? But I think in terms of in terms of all the other sides, there's there's no one there that makes you think, "Oh my god, if we play them, they'd, they'd batter us." I do. Wickham. <laughs> yeah, Wickham's the only one, isn't it? We de- definitely first game of the season. I'm going down. Get Finn's getting his first first bolt and kit. We're going to go in the fan zone for half an hour before. It's a big. First, you know, first game is always amazing, isn't it? Like going back to the stadium for the you know first game of the season. And we're just going to lose either one or two nil, aren't we? Hundred yeah, percent. There's a, there's yeah. no doubt in my mind about that whatsoever. We can't. We've we never can't scored beat against them. them. We've never scored against them. We, I mean, we've only played them five times, and going on like we have played them every year for the last hundred and twenty years, but we've, we've not scored against them in five games. So, but hope springs eternal. Anyway, I'll stop going. That's all right. No, I, th- I think yeah. Th- th- this is why we sort of. 
I've left it as an open-ended question to see what you guys thought in terms of what our main competition was because it is an absolute free-for-all at the top of that top of that league because you've got a mixture between big spending sides and other teams like like Plymouth and Wickham, for example, who don't necessarily have that budget but have accumulated a very very strong um, League One um, outfit uh, and you know know how to get results in this league. You know, Plymouth, Plymouth are one that worried the hell out of me as well. Um, yeah, know, I feel yeah. as though they might well have our number two, um, and that 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 is. That that's concerning. That you know, without even looking at the the big spending teams, um, we're looking at sides who are you know your sort of bog standard League One's um, outfit who who probably are going to have Bolton's number. But um, it, it is yeah. what it is. I, I think Sheffield Wednesday is the team that worries me the most, simply because I'm looking at their their team now, and I just think from a strength and depth point of view, even with the worst injury crisis they can put out a side that's probably too good for this league. Um, mm. I, I think I think that, that that's where the, you know the, the real sort of um, strength is uh, for, for teams who are going to finish towards the top of this division is how can you get through that winter period when injuries hit and you know it's a bit you're playing on bogs that are down at Burton and Wickham to a certain extent and you know in the pissing rain at Plymouth for example and can you get results uh, and Bolton have shown in the past that under under Everett that they don't really don't really do that and you've got to hope that that's something that they address but no I, th- I think Sheffield Wednesday are my my major concern Ipswich. I think it will be a fascinating game to kick the season off, and I think it leads quite well into into talking about that. We've discussed, you know, their, their business and and you know what kind of side they could potentially put out against us. But uh, Lee made the point earlier, James, about how because they're going to be a side at home in front of their fans, trying to put on a show, you know, try and control games as they did towards the end of last season, as uh, as Kieran McKenna likes to do. That could be the kind of thing that we could exploit, couldn't it? With, with the you know the the style that we adopt and the players at our disposal um, that could sort of pick those holes. Uh, when, when they get a little bit too overzealous going forward? 5-2 uh, again. 5-2. <laughs> uh, Any more insight? Or are you happy with the <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm pretty happy with the score prediction there. But um, <laughs> jokes aside, I do actually genuinely think it's going to be a high-scoring game, I think. But I think both sides are going to try to show what they can do and that's just going to leave both ends open. It's just going to be a matter of who bags the most, really? Um, but it'll make it'll make for entertaining viewing. Um, that that's my prediction. Um, yeah, I th- I think with Ipswich. I, I, well, I think I just said it before. They're they're ju- they're just they still scream aside to me that are just they. Everyone says that they should be higher, and they just don't do it. I, I and I, for some reason, I just see it as another season as. They don't get that rub of the green they need or they haven't brought in that gem, whether it's a new manager or whether it's a certain player who can really, really kick them up the arse to get them up. I just don't see it. But in terms of in terms of this result, um if we're going off what I saw what I saw as Huddersfield, I I th- I, th- I think I think we'll win. I think we'll win. Though like I say, free-scoring game, and we'll probably only win by one goal, but still plenty of goals. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Lee, I'll, I'll ask you um, a, a similar question before I come to the pair of you for, for starting 11s. Uh, I think you know that, that that's actually going to be very, very interesting from, from a Bolton point of view, because with the exception of, I imagine Toll won't play, I imagine Sheehan and, uh, and Isgrove are still a good month or so away from being considered for, for first-team duty. We've got quite a lot of um, options available, but but yeah, Lee, but by all means... Uh, what, what, how do you think this uh, this Ipswich match is going to go? You know, from a score prediction, and also from, you know, what kind of problems we can cause them, what problems they can cause us. Yeah, I think 
realistically, it's 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 really hard to call it, isn't it, with the first game of the season. I think because teams haven't settled down into a pattern, and it's just um, it's not it's not entirely obvious how the game's going to sort of pan out. With you know, I think both sides have got a fairly settled settled teams, and we can probably look at the game that we beat them two 0 You know, both managers are the same, and it's maybe going to play out in a similar sort of vein. But um, yeah, I'm I say I'm mostly sort of worried. Um, touched on it before about uh, about Wes Burns. I think he's their best player. Um, he proved that last season. He's got a Wales call up, and he's 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 um, he's probably their their best outlet. Um, he's fast as well, which I never realised. Yeah, quick. Yeah, I don't remember him being that highly rated at Fleetwood. Like he was, I don't remember him being sort of a, a massive standout that everyone used to talk about. But he certainly. Um, they play like a four-two-three-one, so he's sort of right. He's right wing. He's not a wing back, is he? They don't play back a back three under McKenna. No, I don't think. So. I, I, I think they rotate a little bit because that's what they were used to doing under, under Cook. But I think with the, the, the defenders that they've recruited, I think they're going to look to play a fairly orthodox back four, and yeah. then obviously whatever happens in front of them happens. I mean, they have just spent one million pounds from uh, on, Le- yeah, on Le- 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 Davis, Le- Davis, Davis. Yeah, it's a strange one. That I don't, I'm not, he's never really played much football, and they've, they've, they've sort of spent seven figures on him which I find a bit bizarre but um, anyway so yeah I don't think he'll I, don't, I doubt he's going to come straight into their their team um, but they've played a friendly tonight we were just discussing before we started the pod and they've, they've um, basically given um, a lot of lads best part of 80 minutes and then they've brought on what we think could be the first team after 78 minutes uh, or what will be the majority of the first team after 78 minutes so if you want to check out you know go on Ipswich is uh, you know Twitter, if you're that way inclined, you're that, you're that geeky like like I am anyway, and look at the the players who came on after 78 minutes. That looks like probably the starting lineup um, on Saturday. So yeah, they've, they've got a lot of different threats. I mean, I think they'll um, I think they'll miss. They've not yet brought back Bersan Chilina, who who's been linked back with him. Um, I think he's a move to a foreign club fell through something to do with a work permit. But if he came back to the team he was playing for last season, he could get one. There's a strange work permit loophole there. So he's a pretty mercurial player. He was, I think he was going to come in on loan for us, under, maybe even way back when we were under Lennon or Friedman. Yeah, showing around the stadium and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. He signed on the dotted line. I think that when he was at, still at City, wasn't it? I think he was still he was, yeah, he was. So he, he's someone who's... He's not, you know, he's not signed for him. So I can't see, I can't see him starting Saturday. Even if he did sign for him the next couple of days, it'd be a surprise. But um, I don't think they've got that single player who I'm absolutely frightened, you know, to death of. I think Ladapo has scored against us in the past, but against a very different iteration of Bolton. Um, you know, it, it, it's. I think, I think overall, their their side, they've got a lot of. I think Sam Morse is excellent. Um, in centre mid, I think him and Evans obviously know each other's game really, really well. So they complement it from the Wigan days under Cook, and obviously Cook, Cook brought them down to to Suffolk. And they've been, I think, Morsi's had a bit more of a license to roam, so he's he's been getting shots off and and becoming more of an attacking threat as well. But I think Burns Burns against John is the big worry for me, and if Johnston can sort of help John out enough there. Um, I don't think for one minute he's going to put Idale at left wing back when he's played deck pretty much there every every preseason game. He, Conway played a little bit at the start, but um, 
you know, Dex been there and he's been playing left wing back. I just I just think up against anyone with any decent level of attacking for the division, I think they they can have John on toast if they want. I, I just I think as a defender, um and I think that's why he's brought Idale in. He's even said it himself, um, ever in interviews with, with, with Mark Isles that you know, he sees Idale as somebody who can swap with Declan for particularly tough away games. So it does. It wouldn't hugely surprise me. Yeah, he has got enough minutes in his legs in pre-season. Idale, they would actually put him there as a more defensive option. So, because I'd say Burns is probably he's probably probably the best winger in the division because he's he's not somebody who cuts inside and shoot. He's purely a delivery guy. And back at Portman Road at the start of last season, I think his it was his two crosses that that caused their two goals, the Santos own goal and the um, Macaulay Bond strike. Yep. I think they both they both came from Wes, but I might be wrong, but I'm pretty yeah, sure. They I did, remember. they did. I, I remember so, he, he was electric that day, to be fair. And I yeah. think he obviously had a very, very good season, but it was a case of, I think, Gordon played well going forward, but defensively, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't quite up to the standard of dealing with Wes Burns. I almost forgot. I was trying to think then. Did Burns? I didn't say it, but I was going to say Burns gave him a, gave Deck John a torrid time at Portman Road, but he didn't because he was clearly in Gordon play, didn't it? Deck John was out with a back, a back injury, I think. But yeah. in, in in relation to their threats, it's mainly him I'm worried about. I mean, obviously Ladapo is bright and, and lively. I think we can deal with that. I think we can deal with him. I just I'm not I'm not hundred percent. Did they start with a? Two strikers or a number ten? Do you know Tom or, or James? I'm trying to think. To be honest with you, I think I think when Chilina played, obviously they had the. Uh, I think Norwood actually played quite a lot from for them. And he's yeah, didn't, didn't, didn't they Johnson have now. more? Didn't they have like Norwood alongside Bon or something like that last season? I think yeah. I tell you what it was. I think I don't think Norwood played that day because I think he only really came into it after after Cook had buggered off. But uh, I can't remember who it was who played alongside him. Was it Chaplin? Yeah. Maybe. Kind of Chaplin, yeah. I think I think Chaplin played as a number ten. I'm just looking at the the lineup they played against Millwall. Um, which is the last friendly before tonight's, and Evans and Morsi will be sitting, and you'd look. Yeah, Chaplin was in behind Ladapo. Oh, sorry, Marcus Harness. Christ, I've forgotten about them signing him. Oh God, he's a he's a player. He's an absolute player, <laughs> Harness. He's the one. He, him and Burns are the ones. I was quite impressed with um, the lad they got from Atkinson. Is it? Um, I don't want to say his first name. Janoy. Donasian. Yeah, he was really out of favour. So they got him from Atkinson and they loaned him back to Fleetwood and he was really out of favour at the end of last season. And then he played nearly every game last season, got five assists. And he's, I really like the look of him behind Burns. They were a really good partnership against us at, at the Unibow when we beat them. It was t- That game was massively touch and go. At nil-nil, they were the better side. And we only sort of, we ground it out really. We, we weren't hugely superior. We deserved the win, the win eventually. But the side that played us that day, I think, is, is fairly similar to the side that'll, that we'll face on Saturday, barring a couple of names, Harness and, and Ladapo, basically, the, the main two have come in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they've got you know, Wolfenden and Edmondson. Edmondson's the guy who did that horrendous back pass that Dapo finished off, isn't he, I think? Indeed. Um, so he's got a rick in him, quite clearly. Although it was quite clever, that little bit of movement from Dapo that day, just to get on his blind side and you know not see him, but... Yeah, they've got weaknesses. I mean, no team at this level doesn't have weaknesses. I mean, I don't think the keeper's absolutely bulletproof, Walton. Um, I think he's good. He's got good attributes for this level. I think he's pretty well thought of. But 
yeah, I don't think they've got a pat. I think Burns and Harness, and obviously Ladapo if he's on it, that as a three to deal with at the back. I think it's mainly the movement they've got and the, and the pace they've all got. That that worries me a little bit that they can get in behind deck and target that area between Johnston and, and John. I think deck's going to be really, really key, but it might even be that Johnston's even more key. And obviously last season he scored at Portman Road. I don't know how he played in the whole game because I, wasn't, I was on holiday, I wasn't able to watch it. and I only viewed the highlights of the goals really. But um, I think Johnston and John, that axis down the left, they're going to be absolutely pivotal um, in regards to how we how we actually get on on Saturday, I think. Agreed. So, what, what, uh, just quickly, Lee, score prediction from yourself? Definitely don't want to be negative because I'm, I'm positive about us this season and we've beat them 7-2 in the last two games but you do just kind of worry. I don't want to fence it with a draw either. Sod <laughs> it. Um, sod it. We'll win 2-1. Late winner. 2-1. Late winner, from, late winner from 20 goals, 20 goals. <laughs> off, off, off the bench. First James, goal. James, James from, what about yourself? First goal from Kieran Lee. Anyway, carry on, James. No, no worries. James, what about yourself? Well, I said there would be goals, and uh, but only one goal separating the two sides. So I'm going to go for a three-two. Three-two. And what our winner will be? I don't think it'll be back Yorko again. I think it will be. Let's 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 go for Dempsey. Maybe he'll come off the bench and bag. <laughs> Maybe, maybe. I, I was going to ask. Um, I was going to ask you, you know, both for for a starting eleven. But I think what what might sort of make it a bit easier and prevent you know a lot of arguing over the phone, which would probably ruin what what has thus far been. Got a very satisfying podcast. I'm, I'll tell you who who my starting eleven would be, and then you can make any improvements or whatever from both of your sides. Put forward your arguments. So I think probably from from my side, I would say Trafford, and then uh, Jones, Santos, Johnston, uh, Bradley, Morley. I'd start Dempsey over MJ, and you'll probably argue with me over that. Um, and then John, and then that's when I'm starting to struggle. I probably would start Lee with Dapo and uh, Dion up front, um, but I think there is a possible. I, mean, I don't know if Bodvarsson's fit, to be fair. So there is a potential argument for uh, if he is fit for starting him there, but I think it's probably unlikely. But that's probably I think the most likely way that we'll start. The only obvious change I think I see really there being Dempsey or MJ Williams, but. By all means, lads, fight me for it. Matt, what, what do you reckon? Uh, I think he'll start MJ and put Dapo behind um, Prop Dion and maybe Dion and Bakayoko. I think he'll surprise us. I think he'll start with Baka. Lee, what do you reckon? Mm. Maybe it's, 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 there's there's so many different options you can you can do as well as players you can play in different roles as well. Um, I'd be amazed if MJ doesn't play. I'm not saying you're wrong, Tom. I, I'd I'd be really tempted to play Dempsey as alongside Morley as well. But I just think for the physicality in midfield, because I think Morsey and Evans from I know Morsey's a bit of a unit, and I think Evans is 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 quite decent physically as well. So I think yeah. just just having Dempsey and Morley in there could be a little bit. Little Dempsey can get stuck in, don't get me wrong, but he's not got that presence as he that MJ has. I'd be I'd be amazed if MJ didn't start. I'd be absolutely amazed. Just the, the way I think that Everett held the regard he holds him in, um, 
he, he's pretty, pretty much started every game that he's, since since we've signed him, apart from two or three games. What was it? Maybe like April, March, April time. Pretty much after we our playoff push had kind of petered out a bit, he, he didn't play in a few games, I think, and um, just to try try you know something else really. But um, yeah, I think he'll I think he'll definitely go with Dapo and Charles up front. I don't think he trusts Kachunga. I don't think he trusts Bakayoko to start a game. And the the one thing we haven't mentioned in this pod at all is the fact that we can make five subs, which is just an absolute game changer. It's I, mean, I know I know we could do back in the um, pandemic times, but it just it seemed it doesn't even seem real like we were able to do that. I, I can't even remember us making five. Don't, have we ever been able to make five subs? Have I made that up? Was it no, 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 we, we did. We did during were. the behind closed doors season. Yeah, we did it a so. few times because so. Ian used to load his his bench with attackers and then bring all the bring all the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought we'd yeah. done five, and then I thought I doubted myself and thought, was it just the Premier League he did that? It wasn't the EFL, was it just top leagues? But anyway, um, so yeah, so basically we've got five subs. So in theory, he could start with Lee, ask him to press relentlessly for sixty minutes, replace him with. With Dempsey, or start with Lee, um, bring him off and bring Bob Varson on and bring Dapo in behind for 10 15 minutes. That isn't working. He can bring back Yoko on for Charles if Charles is, is, is done in and run his race. He can um, mix it up and, and bring in. Um, sorry, I've forgotten his name now. Anyway, I've, I've forgotten the person I was going to say then, but um, it's just a case of that we've got. So many different options that the five subs. I think, I think if ever uses it smartly and wisely, should play massively into our hands. And I think, I think he'll start with MJ. I think the team he'd start with is definitely going to be MJ and Morley in centre mid. I think without a doubt, I'd be amazed if he doesn't go with Lee as the number number ten, um, or the pressing eight. So not really number ten, but more of a pressing eight. And then with Dapo and Charles up front and the rest of the team, exactly how you, you said, Tom. I'd say there's probably a 10% chance he decides to go with Idale at left wing back. Yeah. But I think there's probably less than 10% personally. Um, I can't, unless Jones has a recurrence of the little injury that kept him out against Carlisle, I can't see that. I can't see him um, changing right centre-back either. Um, Not I a think chance, team, team... especially because he looked great against Huddersfield. <laughs> Yeah, I'd, I'd like to say I, I didn't watch the whole game, but I noticed he was he was he was decent. Yeah, he had a decent game. So yeah, I think the team's pretty. It's pretty much set in stone, apart from whoever plays either as a, an advanced eight or or a number ten in behind the strikers, and who the second striker. I think Charles is pretty nailed on, and I think Dapo was ninety five percent likely to play in the game, whether he's a number ten or whether he's a number nine as such. Um, yeah, it, there's there's not going to be a huge amount of difference. I'd say we, we're gonna we're all going to get nine out of eleven names right on that team sheet. I think. Yeah, and then there's just yeah, there's just probably two positions where you're looking at it, and it's horses for courses, and it's just however it sees the game going really, and how he how he how he sees how we can hurt hurt Ipswich really, um, and how we can contain them as well. So Indeed. yeah, it's it's um, whatever team he picks. I'm, I don't think there's going to be a lot of dissenting voices on on Twitter if, if he decides. Then a small chance he does go with Dempsey and Molly sent him in. There might be the odd few people who would who would chime in and say, "Well, we, we've lost the physicality we need and sent him in," and that would be my worry if he didn't start MJ. But I, I don't think that's going to happen. 
but I think you know the good thing is he's got he's got options um, and options off the bench he can actually use as well now, um, which is great. Indeed, I think that's a good way to to finish it off. Bolton have got options. There's a bit of a bit of positivity knocking around and in that vein, I think my my prediction would be. 2-0 win for, for Bolton with uh, Dion and Dapo scoring. Simple as that. I mean, at the end of the day, to, just to give you a bit of context, listeners, um, the, our journey, as I'm sure most of yours are, is going to be absolutely scuppered by the uh, by the rail strikes that are going on. So uh, James has given me a lift down from Norwich to, <laughs> to be able to get to the game, and God knows I'm getting back. So if you're listening, any Bolton player, don't mess me about. <laughs> Please don't lose. Please don't do this to me. Um, but yeah, boys, th- thank you very much for uh, for, your, for your time this evening to be able to discuss um, a lot of things, really. Bolton Wanderers, uh, a lot of discussion about other teams as well. But I think that's what a, that's what a season preview does. I think, as I say, loads of options in the side, loads of positivity. And I can't wait for it to be absolutely ruined by us getting battered on the opening day. But that is Bolton at the end of the day. Awesome. Thank you very much, boys. Thank you very much for listening, everybody, to uh, episode 172 of the Land of the Industry podcast. And we will see you later.